This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we will be talking about Palm Springs Winter Break 2019 in sunny Southern California, specifically Palm Springs. We were just there, how many weekends ago? Last weekend? Yes, it was last weekend now. Holy cow. That seems longer ago. I feel like a lot of life happened between then and now, such as expanding Sonoma State Line Dance Club to three days and two hours each instead of two days and one and a half hours each per week. We've done a lot of dancing, learned like at least, what, eight to ten dances in that intervening week. And of course, we learned a few things at the workshop itself. Busy week for line dance. A good week. How did this journey to Palm Springs begin for us? Well, we're talking physically, we're talking electronically, we're talking emotionally. I mean, what are we talking here? (laughs) All the above. Um, Well, obviously, Michael and Michelle reached out to us and offered us teaching slots, and therefore that is how it truly began. However, the actual physical journey of it started on a Wednesday. We drove... Wednesday evening after I had done, I was done working with our co-DJ for our Thursday night events um, in Napa, so in the, in the wine country, and you met us out there, picked me up, and then we proceeded down south to Palm Springs. We were smart that night, and we actually plan to break up the trip about halfway through. We have this wonderful stop that we swear by on the I-5 called Button Willow. And the motels there are like, I think we ended up paying like $30 or something like that for the night. And there's food and Starbucks and lots of gas at cheap prices. And again, it's about halfway in between here and Southern California. So it's a really good like marker. It's a good stopping spot. It's a a nice way to, you're about halfway there so you can fill up again to make sure you get all the way there. So it's it's really highly recommended by both of us. Uh, From there, the next morning, we went to Starbucks, got some breakfast and updated some things. We then got back on the road and headed to Palm Springs and we arrived in Palm Springs a little bit later than we were hoping to because all of a sudden traffic did kind of pick up a little bit, a lot of bit. And so we were stuck in traffic for a little bit longer than we would have liked to have been. We did get to see Lancaster and Palmdale again unexpectedly. Yeah, that was apparently the faster route to get to Palm Springs. And so once we got there, we met up at the venue in which they had a couple hours prior to open dance starting for the evening of registration. So we were helping out with registration with Peggy and we got to see a couple people still setting up and going over things and for instance Joe was in the main room so we were we ran in there and said hi to her and then ran back to the registration table and got to go over a few things. And I believe I saw, I peeked through the door uh, as you two were dancing Electric Church together. Yeah, she had asked if I was willing to demo it with her. And I said, sure, as long as we can go over it again real quick. And she said, let's go over it now. And I said, okay. And so we we practiced that the night before. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we hung out at registration for the few hours. Then it closed for a couple hours before open dance. And we got to join Joe at the little market that happened that evening, which is something that we have now done two years in a row out of the three. And I really, really just enjoy that market. Um, It's fun to see all the different things there. And I'm a big food person. They had a lot of different samples there. Um, The peanut brittle was, or the and toffee brittle. That was a, it was like toffee nuts or something like that. I don't know. Well, I tried a bunch of different things. I also tried a cookie. Um, I also tried something else that was sweet. And I don't know. There was so much food. Uh, we did go back to the tamale guy and get a lot of tamales because he sells out quickly. 
as well as we ate at the same little uh, Mexican food place that we ate last year as well, which has really good food as well. So that was fun to hang out with Joe and just talk to her, with her and, you know, catch up since it had been a little while. Um, I will ask you uh, any thoughts or memories from that that evening so far. We ran into Martha, actually, in the middle of the street unexpectedly with some of uh, her dancers from Tokyo. Uh, I, I was sad that I did not see the guy last year who had those like helicopter spinnery things where you pull the ripcord and they fly up into the, in, into the sky and they spin around with light up um, LED wings or something like that. And last year, I remember them shooting those up thinking like, oh man, those are, gonna, those are definitely going to hit someone, but they never seemed to. It was yeah. pretty amazing. They had live musicians there and a couple of the dances I remember dancing uh, to their live music were Stitches and what was the other one? When we first got there, I started dancing something to to the guy. I don't know if it was cruising or SGS or something, kind of a mellow feel. I think you guys kept walking. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll come to us. But anyway, it really shows you just what a variety of music there is out there for people to line dance to. If street musicians in Palm Springs who have no idea about our event are playing music that we can dance to, that we know specific dances to. I mean, what are the odds of that unless there are, you know, a ton of dances that people can choose from? I liked all the lights. There were so many lights and there were art art uh, displays. Uh, the brittle guy, or not the brittle the uh, toffee guy, he actually has his own shop that we popped into briefly and so we ended up getting multiple samples of toffee, and that toffee is dangerous. <laughs> I almost went home with some like gift boxes and gift tins, and they also have these like I guess milkshakes or smoothies or some kind of drink that I, I was tempted to go back for the next day, but we did not. Um, and after going from one end to the other and back, we started to see you know time approaching for us to get back into dance mode and so we returned to our vehicle and the event so then we ended up making it back to help with the registration for open dance and i want to say it was nine o'clock was when we were supposed to be there for the introductions of the instructors and the dancing and when I say the dancing, it's they had dances done by each of the instructors or one of the instructor's favorite dances, if they were not also a choreographer, um, to to play and, and enjoy. And they did those back-to-back after they introduced us all, which was really fun. Um, oh, I just realized we never did I Want to Spoon. Mm, we taught that last year. We did Can't Walk Away, though. <laughs> I love I want to spoon as well. So yes. Um Yeah, there definitely with all the dancing, I still felt like there was more that could have been done and it's very frustrating. Uh but I'm also used to events where we are allowed to stay in the ballroom past eleven forty five at night. So it's nice that these this event ended early enough uh so that I was able to in theory, get back to the condo and get rest for the next day. They definitely saw me earlier on every single day of the event than they normally would. Two of those reasons have to do with the fact that one of those days I had a 9 a.m. teach and the next day I had like a 9.45 teach. So I was like pretty much first up or second up. So they saw me earlier because of that. Um, normally I'm, I'm much, much more inclined to, uh, take my time in the mornings and really make sure I am put together in human before I go in and integrate with society. The people who schedule must just assume it comes naturally. So you need no time to prepare at all. <laughs> Maybe I should let them in on that secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> cause Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything that really like stuck out other than just the welcome dance was just, you know, fun and lighthearted and we got to see people and we were definitely excited because it was, you know, seeing everyone for the first time in X amount of time and just getting really, really excited to be there and part of the weekend. That was also the first night we just kind of did impromptu uh, floor splits. We didn't really have our cheat sheet established yet, but I do have that on Google Docs so I can read down the dances we chose for anybody who wants to write all of them down. Uh, these are the ones that we thought would be the floor splits that most people would know. Yeah, which we did make that list um, mostly on the way to Palm Springs. True. Yeah, just kind of like talking and, and spitballing, throwing stuff out on paper. Uh, we composed more than enough just by talking them out, and then we typed them up formally once we were at the event on Friday night. Yeah, so we had we had a vague idea of like what people knew and the idea of like what might work, what classics we could throw in there, which ones we've seen them dance before. Um, also with the idea of like we knew a couple of the groups that were going, we'd know, we knew that, okay, they would definitely be able to handle this one if we just threw it out there and they needed something to follow. So there was that. Um, I think... Yeah, I think that night ended a, a little bit earlier. I think it was 11.30, if I remember correctly. And so we, we ended up going back to the condo. We had finally checked in at that point because um, we didn't take the... We were going to check in in between the two registration times, but how do you pass up time hanging out with Joe? So, <laughs> so we definitely took that opportunity instead and figured we could check in later checked in it seemed pretty seamless as to checking in process you mentioned that about joe and it kind of also um it, it it's sort of like what you were saying about electric church where you know she said let's do it now and you're like sure i think if anybody has not listened to this podcast before just imagine joe as the sun and us as a couple of plants <laughs> I think that's accurate. And then water might be like, you know, the soil and the music is, is, um, one of these is music. One of these is, is dance. One of them is water. One of them is soil. Throw it all together and you have a happy dance ecosystem and Joe's at like the, the top of it in the sky shining down upon us all. Well, again, how do you say no to Joe? Um, so with that said, <laughs> Uh, I think then we just rested up and prepared for the fact that uh, Friday was going to happen starting at 9 a.m. And that was going to be the first teach of the weekend. Fortunately for both of us, we had the second to last and the last teach. Unfortunately for both of us, we still wanted to be there bright and early and bushy-tailed to see everybody because it was the first day. Um, I know that we went grocery shopping in the morning, so it put us a little bit more behind than we'd like it to have, uh, but definitely worth it because I think we snacked off of that food for a good day or two at least, and the beverages certainly came in handy. I was still, which I actually still am technically, but I was still on my uh, no caffeine for one year, and... I had like th three or four more days left, so I wasn't going to break it yet. So I had to still be very aware of the fact that I was going to have early teaches and long days and late nights and no caffeine. So I had to really plan that out. Uh, but I think we got some like veggie mix and a couple smoothie drinks and something else probably. Um, other than that... I think it was just we were getting ready for the day. Yeah, we like to keep it pretty healthy and clean and energetic when we go grocery shopping because when we go to one of these events, like let's say we, we grocery shop and then we arrive, we might not be able to leave again for hours upon hours. And yes, there might be like a vending machine or a snack cart or something like that. That's where we can get our sugar fix if we really need it. If we... 
waste our grocery trip on getting those same kinds of sweets, then you're just doubling up on stuff you don't need. Get the healthy things that you know you're supposed to eat and try to actually eat them when you get back to the event. And then if you really need Skittles, they're probably somewhere for a buck. Unless you're in Vegas. Um, (laughs) But with that said, yes. Um, It was nice having that giant platter of veggies to eat off of for like a day and a half. Um, I certainly am more of a veggie person than a candy person. But I do like my candy. I won't deny that. So Friday morning, 9 a.m., bright and early. Joe kicked us off with a new dance with her, Michael Barr, and Michelle Burton called Sticking With You, and they classified it as an easy intermediate. Uh, That was about 45 minutes, and then 10 o'clock, Martha came on with uh, Maku Donarudo. It means McDonald's, I think. That's I think that's what they they said afterwards was that it translates to McDonald's. And I think the from what I I don't know if they were kidding, but somewhere on Facebook I saw that it meant uh, like the the theme of the song was like, "Would you like fries with that?" I don't I don't know much more the uh, beyond that, but I think that's why it's called Macudanorudo because it means McDonald's. All right. I thought it was really, really funny and very unfortunate that we had missed it because we were grocery shopping at the time. But Martha and Michael up on stage had a fun little thing where Martha was saying how she normally teaches in Japan in Japanese. So Michael, who travels over there, Martha translates for him. So he was kindly going to translate from Japanese to English for her this morning for the lesson. Now, most of us know that doesn't really work that way. If you have to be translated into the one language, chances are you don't know the language. So it was really, really funny because she come, she starts saying this very long speech in Japanese. And after she was done, Michael turned and looked at everybody and says, Vine right. And everybody has a good, nice laugh chuckle. And we continue on with the lesson. So we walked in probably about 15 to 20 minutes into the lesson. It's a pretty good chunk into the lesson for what she had taught so far. So that was unfortunate, but we tried to get there as soon as we could. Then we had from 11 to 11.45, Anna Maria taught Music to My Eyes by Derek Steele and Simon Ward. From 12 to 12.45, Michael Barr taught his his dance called Ride. Um, then we had a nice lunch break and an open dance break. So from tw- uh, it was 12 to, sorry, 12.45 to 1.30 was lunch. 1.30 to 2.15 was open dance. Then at 2.15, Joe came on and taught Electric Church. 3 o'clock was my lesson of Amy Bailey's new dance, Big Mouth. And from 4 to 4.15, Christopher taught Who's Up All Night by Brandon Zahorsky, which concluded our our teaching schedule for the day. We had a dinner break from 5 to 7.45, and from 7.45 to 11.45, we had open dance. So do you have any thoughts at the moment? Absolutely. First of all, I'm super excited about Big Mouth because... I have listened to that song so very many times and it's seldom that I will listen to a song on loop that I have zero plans to choreograph to myself, but it happened with Body Talks, which Darren then created a dance for, and it happened with Big Mouth, which Amy created a dance for. I am I'm happy at the thought of hearing these in ballrooms where other people will be dancing it because that means I get to hear and possibly dance along with them more frequently. Also, thoughts on the Who's Up All Night Teach uh, are actually written on a little cheat sheet that I scribbled before the teach began. And these were just little thoughts to myself that I wanted to be sure I spoke aloud when the teach began. Some of them include, oh yes, there are swears in this this um, song. Everyone else, I think, was fine with it. 
But I think the way I described it to you later was that I would rather I have the problem with it and just kind of give them a huge heads up like, yikes, this is going to come up. They're going to talk about butts and things and then have them be like, oh, it's fine. Rather than give them the expectation. Oh, this is a normal. This is like, come dance with me. Yeah, it's just, you know, oh, I almost said it. And then it, it rhymes with, I think I said in the lesson, sassafras. That is, in fact, the word you used. That is yeah. That is it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so rather than hit them with that unexpectedly and have them all shocked and dismayed, I wanted to let them know ahead of time that's what they were in for. I let them know also that there was going to be one restart. There were a couple of places in the, the steps where it felt weird to fully cross your leg over. It felt weird to do a sailor step that was f- fully diagonal. So I just kind of noted that these are like kind of, you know, this is like a kind of sailor step. It's not a coaster step, but if you do it really diagonally, it'll be hard to get out to the other diagonal as noted in the sheet. So just kind of move as would be most comfortable for your body. I think it's okay to say those sorts of things um, in a lesson if it will affect somebody's enjoyment of the dance when their leg is crossed over. Like, let's say their left is over their right, and now the next step is to step forward on the right. That's when it's helpful to tell them, you know, bring the left foot forward, definitely, but you don't want it too far over the right, because that will inhibit your enjoyment of the next movement. Uh, Saying kind of can ameliorate that situation. Uh, One of the things that I kind of wanted to note on that, that I've talked to certain technique driven people is we as line dancers have the often bad habit of over rotation so we can overlock our legs and then lock ourselves up so then getting the left out from behind the right can be challenging whereas like maybe when they say cross left over right it's literally supposed to be in front of and just ever so slightly crossed over as opposed to what some of us do, which is a huge crossover. So yeah, I can see where having that distinction and being like, make sure this is comfortable for your body, you know, in a lesson, I think that's appropriate. Right. And also, you know, sort of similar to that, when they say step forward, it does not mean step forward like you're walking a tightrope or down the catwalk. Forward can be a little bit forward to the right if that's how you need to move to get around your other foot. It doesn't mean, you know, skate to the diagonal or anything, but, uh, you know, just if you need it to be slightly off center, that's that's fine as long as you're moving in the right direction. Uh, also, for another modification, I have here a triple in place. I know that there were some folks that I spoke to actually before my teach who had some mobility issues, but they still you know were there for the whole weekend. They wanted to have a good time. They wanted to dance what everyone else was dancing. So I gave the option where it was not going to interfere with the choreography. Uh, on the step sheet to triple in place instead of say a sailor step or a coaster step or a shuffle or whatever it is that they might have trouble with because of their knee or their hip or a rotation an ankle and when you're doing stomp stomp sailor step stomp stomp sailor step that does not really require a specific sailory you know paragon of sailor stepness uh, when you could just do stomp stomp triple in place or step step triple in place as long as the dancer enjoys it and they get to have fun with everyone else i think that's the most important thing and also teaching it the way it was choreographed as the blanket default um, to everyone like you say this is how it is choreographed here's another thing you can do if it's easier for your body Uh, let's see i also asked for anyone who (laughs) had never done a sailor step a coaster step a monterey turn or who had difficulty uh, seeing far distances because it's a huge room at Palm Springs to move toward the front because it'll be easier for them to see what I'm doing. It's hard to describe some of those steps. Uh, let's see. There was one an- another modification where I said, you know, it's kind of a kickball step here um, as described in the body of the step sheet. The heading says kickball change. And I think it's important that when you're teaching a lesson or trying to learn from a step sheet, look at both. If you are only looking at one or the other, you might miss important information that works within the context of the overall dance. And if you say, well, the step sheet said in the heading, you know, kickball this, and in the body it says kickball that, what am I supposed to do? I guess I won't learn this dance. Look at it 
with you know what comes before it, what comes after it, and do what your body will naturally prefer to do, whichever that happens to be, what's written in the heading or what's written in the body. Sometimes that can be the same movement. You just need to interpret what they said a little differently so that it works. Uh, let's see. I mentioned also that uh, it's because it was the last teach of the day. I might encourage this for others as well. I don't know. If you have the teach before dinner, let people know you understand they like to they like to get to where they're going, you know. You, you want to get through the lesson and not just keep them there for your own personal amusement or enjoyment. And I, I tried to have my lesson move along so that they could go to dinner and you know I wouldn't be offended. Um, and then the last couple things on here were mnemonic devices. I think it's important to join sections when. When it seems like this chunk of eight could have just as easily come before or after um, another chunk of eight, it's helpful to tell people why this one comes first and this one comes second. Sometimes you can do that with the lyrics. You can say, well, this is that part where they say, I like it, like it, like it. So you're doing something with your hips. That's what he says in the step sheet. But if it doesn't connect exactly to something and you're just doing a jazz box here and now you're doing this other thing... Give people a reason, even if you have to invent it. Uh, what I did for one of them was um, there was some booty shaking, and then there was, after that, kick and point, kick and point. Now, there's nothing that necessitates one of those following the other. The booty has to happen because of the lyrics. But why the kick and point? Why not do a jazz box next? Why not do the Monterey turns next? Well, Brandon chose uh, the kick and points. I think it works well with the music. But yeah, it can be tricky if you're doing it for the first time. So I gave people the little hint of, oh, we're all really kicking booty on this dance. You know, we're, we're, we're learning it all together. So think about doing the booty first and then doing the kicking after. You're kicking booty, you do the booty, you do the kicking. Uh, and then after that, uh, let's see, there was something else where we had hips. After the hips... You do a jazz box, and for that, I, I mentioned that uh, you know, among things that are hip, there's jazz music. And again, the hips could have gone into any other sequence, but you need to give people a reason when there isn't a blatant one that says something like jazz box now in the lyrics. Uh, that's when having just uh, little devices for making your transitions uh, really helps. And then one that was kind of more of a stretch, but, you know, I figured it was worth mentioning, was that there's a jazz box in place, there's some booty stuff, there's kicks and points, and then there's another jazz, but this is a jazz box quarter turn to the right. So you've got your jazz, which is hip, that comes after the hips. You've got the booty that happens because it says it in the lyrics. You've got the kicking because, you know, we're kicking booty. And then you have another jazz, so it's like a jazz sandwich. Your kicking booty is in the middle of the jazz sandwich. All of those things string together so that later on, when you're trying to remember it, there's a reason why this comes after this and that this comes after this. I know for me, uh, for myself, I don't remember Pot of Gold. I know there are a lot of things that could happen in other orders, and I never gave myself devices for remembering why this happens now and this does not. Uh, razor sharp, same problem. I, I've, I used to have trouble with that because I didn't do it often enough and I had no uh, hints. So if you're giving a lesson when you think that might happen, when you think it might be difficult to remember what to do when, give people little tricks based on relating the movements to each other. It's easier to do it with lyrics, but use what you've got. All right. Um, I know that I personally had a great time teaching Amy's Big Mouth. Um, at that time, we were actually a little bit off schedule because we had a couple extra announcements and uh, a couple lessons ran late. And I remember Michael telling me, don't worry, don't rush, just take your 45 minutes. And I kind of looked at him and I'm like, most of the people I'm teaching are intermediate. This is an improver dance. And she did a great job with the flow of it, that it makes sense. I'm not going to take the full 45. I know that. I know that now more than anything. And then um, I went on and the lesson with two or three playthroughs ended up being like 
22 minutes or something like that. So I knew that they were going to handle it. I knew they were going to be able to handle it at a faster pace. Also being the second to last lesson. Normally, and I did have a dance as a backup in case I, I got done that early. If it was an earlier lesson in the day, I would have taught the second dance. But because it was the second to last one and they had already learned like four or five lessons prior to that, I kind of wanted to give their brains a break and just kind of like let them digest everything and give them a little bit more open dance. I decided not to teach the second dance, which was nice because, again, that gave their brains a break. So after that, we enjoyed a lot of open dancing later in the evening. Um, which we will have the playlist for you on a different episode, hopefully. Uh, So, going into Saturday morning. Saturday morning, bright and early, 9 a.m. teach. That would be me. That would be me with the dance that I was lucky enough to be able to have the pleasure of choreographing with Miss Carrie Mouse. It was so much fun choreographing with her. It was so easy. It just flowed. It was amazing how we were able just to really quickly build off of one one another once we just got together and was like, okay, here's the time we're going to do this because honestly, I pitched her the song forever ago and we just never had the time to really work on it. Well, let me phrase that. I never really found the time to work on it. I'm sure she would (laughs) have, but we got to do that together at New York State Align this last year. So that was really fun. And then this was the first like exposure of it, which was really cool. And it was an absolute honor to be able to, like I said, work with her, but also to teach it. It is an intermediate dance. I was a little nervous teaching it because it was, you know, my first time teaching this particular dance. So I hadn't worked out any of the kinks quite yet. I knew one or two of the problems that I was going to have with it, so I knew that I was going to break those down um, very specifically. And I even took a moment and asked Joe the best way to describe this restart. She gave me some tips, so that was really, really nice of her. I really, really appreciated that. And I felt more confident going into the lesson after that, having an idea of how to break down something and get them into the restart a little bit better. So after that, from 10 to 10.45, Joe taught the bounce. From 11 to 11.45, uh, Michelle Burton did Velvet Elvis, and that is by Graham Mitchell. And then 12 to 12.45, Joe taught Off My Feet, which is her new one with Michelle Perrone. Very cute, very fun dance. Again, we had the lunch break from 12.45 to 1.30 and then open dance from 1.30 to 2.15. We came back at 2.15 and Joe taught us just a face. Now, here's the thing about just a face. First of all, if you don't know it, learn it now. Seriously, I love this dance. I cannot praise this dance enough. I have been waiting for a nightclub to feel the way it does and hit the way it does since pieces, probably. Just hands down. Like, I love pieces. Two pieces. <laughs> but Just a Phase, Maddie and Fred did such an amazing job. It hits. It's not an overly complicated dance. There's not, like, the busy footwork that sometimes happens where you're like, yes, naturally, it's this choreographer, so there's going to be a bunch of steps in it. Um, granted, they're all going to hit, but there's going to be a bunch of steps in it. Um, and there definitely wasn't this the spot of like, oh, why didn't they hit that? No, they, it was perfect. I loved it. Um, but what was fun about that lesson was that was also during when they were announcing the winners for the Crystal Boot Awards. So it was really fun. Um, at that point, Maddie and Fred had both won their choreography and instructor and those um those awards up to that point but then they were about to start naming the dances and joe i think went five for five on the dances 
for voting for the Crystal Boot Award. So every time they would announce a new one, there was this fun excitement. And she got to, you know, explain a little bit more to people about the Crystal Boot Awards and what they were and how easy it is to vote and why it's important to vote and stuff like that. And so it was really fun to see her up on stage getting excited about this and being able to teach this lesson at the same time. So that was nice. Um, I think that that helped make it even more memorable for people. So after that, from 3.15 to 4 o'clock, Christopher taught Dip to the Base with Rachel McEnany-White. Um, 4.15 to 5 o'clock, the last lesson of the night was Michael Barr, and it was his dance, Brazilian Soul. I recommend Off My Feet, having taken that lesson. It's a floor split for pure movies, and it's to a cover of The Way You Make... Uh, Way you make me feel? Is that right? The way you make me feel. Yeah, uh, by Michael Jackson. We danced it this week at Sonoma State Line Dance Club, and it feels good. I enjoy it. I like that there are options for the ending, so you can make it fancier or more subtle. And I enjoyed the teach. I liked the way that she broke it down in smaller chunks than some other dances are sometimes broken down. And I think that was necessary because the thoughts um, are in smaller chunks or the, the, the concepts. I know with dipped, or not dipped to the base, with uh, Who's Up All Night, I was doing like maybe eight counts at a time because often what happens on the left and what happens on the right is roughly the same. You know, maybe you'll get a sailor turn here or a sailor step here and the next one's a sailor turn, but you can teach those together. And she broke things down more in like four counts because there would be some tricky, interesting thing that people might not have done before and that required more repetition. And then she would back it up a little bit and then go through those counts again to get that transition. And then she'd go from the beginning and get it all up to that point. I, I liked, I just liked the way she modeled effective teaching with that particular teach. I, I felt the dance was easier to follow because of how she taught it. For my teach of Dip to the Base, it was similar in uh, how I broke it down into smaller chunks because similarly, the thoughts happen in these 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 1 types of chunks instead of just, yeah, do counts one through eight. Oh, and now do them on the right or on the left. Uh, I, I was actually fortunate that uh, Just a Phase had a five and six and seven and eight and one because I was able to kind of cite that in Dip to the Base. You have walk, walk, turn, rock, recover, and then <gasps> cross and heel and touch and touch and cross. <laughs> and people were at least not scared at the idea of doing that many counts all back to back. I find also in teaches where there is a sudden change of direction, even if let's say you're doing six counts that are all facing one way and then the last two counts change your direction so that you can't see the instructor anymore. Sometimes it's helpful when the instructor does not teach you the full eight as you might be accustomed to, but just teaches you up to the last time you face that wall and then do the direction change separately because that's a kind of a separate thought. And if you change walls in those two counts and then change walls again in the next two counts, it can be too much and you might just decide it's da this dance isn't for you. And I don't want anyone to have that feeling. So since I had some time, I, I was able to, to break things down a little bit smaller. I did not, however, have my cheat sheet with me of little notes that I wanted to mention. If I did, I don't know where it is. It's not with my things. I know for a fact there are things that I did not say that I really wish I had said. Like the 16 counts before the restart. I think the last time I taught it, it might have been in New York State of Line. He says, I got confidence in myself. And that's just tequila giving me help. Da, 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 da. And then 16 counts into that little pre-chorus, you restart. The trick I used for people to remember this is coming up is, you know, this is when he says, I got confidence in myself and I've got confidence in all of you that you'll remember the restart. That little twist of words makes people remember, oh, there's something significant about this in the music. Sometimes we, as people who have listened to the song a gajillion times, can 
assume that everyone else will hear the music the same way. But as we know from some of our local dancers who you know love dancing and they love coming out every week, um, a lot of what they're doing is following what they see. They're not hearing the music because uh, they, they're not hearing it the same way other folks would. Or if they are hearing the song, it's not sinking in so that they can sense a build or a bridge or anything like that. They're just kind of watching for what other people are doing and then going along with it. But they can't they can't hear it musically as a rise or a fall or a build. They they just need a word. Like tell me tell me a word that says restart. Confidence? That's the restart word? Okay. Sixteen counts after confidence or whatever that, that phrase is, you know, I'll I'll restart. I'll remember that. That's why sometimes instrumentals before the restart can be tricky. This is why every time you watch Lonely Drum, someone will miss that restart. Stitches, someone will miss that restart. I saw both of those happen last night at Stoney's, and it can be difficult for people who can't grab something in the music that is clearly leading toward a restart. So that was going to be mine, was the confidence bit. Um, but I, I unfortunately did not have that in front of me to cite. There were a few other little tricks I used, uh, and I gave people, you know, movement modifications again, like if you don't want to do the full triple turn, just do a little run or do a triple step here. And then instead of doing a boogie walk, do another triple step, whatever you'd like to do that gets you there with the rest of the floor. I definitely used the entire time for that teach. I was very close to not (laughs) having it all fit in, but um, we were able to do it full speed once and ended at four o'clock, which I felt good about. I didn't, I didn't know if we would be able to pull it off. I think we even got to do it once at a slower speed because we needed to. Uh, But as time was drawing near in the last nine or 10 minutes, I thought, Oh man, like I don't think we've got enough reps. I don't know if they, they feel comfortable enough, but from what I could see when I was on the back wall, they they did all right. You know, we were all we were all able to get through it together. And um, I you know would have loved another fifteen minutes, but you know once you start playing that game, then it's another fifteen minutes, another fifteen minutes, and eventually you just have to get good at a couple of things. One is being efficient in your teach and being more effective at getting it through, uh, get, getting what you're trying to say across the first time, so that you don't have to try five different ways to say the same thing. And be willing to let go when it looks like somebody is struggling and just say, you know what, if, if they want additional practice, I, I, can, I can go over this with them afterwards. But like right now, for the sake of the 95% of everyone else, we need to move on to the next section. Because I have definitely heard from other folks who maybe are, you know, you might say more intermediate that don't like all the repetitions. They get bored or they get frustrated. And they're like, we get it, move on. I just want to dance at full speed. And you want to you want to appeal to as many people, you know, emotionally in your teach as you can so that they don't get angry and associate that anger with your dance. Because even if it's not your dance, if it's somebody else's dance and you're representing it in a way that they get mad about, well now they're never going to dance it. And then, you know, that's an opportunity in the evening that's lost for them to enjoy themselves. And ultimately you want the whole event, the whole open social dance, the whole of the workshop teaches to, to make people uh, express themselves and feel good and go home thinking they had a great time. And you do that for as many as you can, but really if it, if it can't happen that particular day with that particular group, then yeah, you just kind of need to get better at letting go (laughs) of of the ones you couldn't bring with you. And then, you know, of course, offer help afterwards, as I mentioned. So then we had our lovely dinner break, and we came back and did open dancing. I believe it was 7.45 again. And this night, so the whole weekend was flamingo-themed. It will be again next year, for those of you who are wondering, which is very nice for those of us who like to have participation in dressing up it's nice to know that i the tutus i made i can just put them in storage until next year and i can take them out again and they'll be just as good so it's not like the time and energy that i'm 
put into them two years ago was wasted on just the one event or the one time I get to wear them every year, which is kind of nice too, because then it's also one of those things where like I've worn this tutu at every single Palm Springs event for well, let me phrase Palm Springs winter break event with the two the, with the flamingo theme. So it's like it's been there since the beginning. So like it's kind of fun and very nostalgic. Um but this night was the you light up my night event. So it was all about things glowing and flashing and illuminating and all funs. It was really cool when the the lights were really down low because like every almost everybody had something on that was lighting up of some sort. And so it was really just fun to see people dancing and the different things that they would invest in to make the night. Um we ended up stopping at like the 99 cent store and grabbing some like bracelets that light up and some other things too, but mostly the bracelets was the big one. And we got like, um, glow stick glasses that were pink or something like that. So we had a little bit of extra flash for us. Um, and we had a great time. We danced a couple of the, actually, no, let me phrase that. We danced all of the crystal boot award winning dances that was fun. We did a lot of dancing. Then there was also the announcements that were made, as well as we did a 75-25 drawing. And now 75% of the proceeds went to the eight dancers that lost their homes and lost everything they had from the fires back up Um, near Michael and Michelle, near Chico, and 25% went to the winner. Well, the winner was nice enough to re-donate the remaining amount back into the fund, so they got the full 100% proceeds, which I think was like $1,700 or something ridiculous like that. Like It was so amazing and so touching, and I know at one point it had actually brought tears to my eyes knowing that there are such amazing, generous people out there and that Michael and Michelle have been doing so much to raise money for these people because I know firsthand what a difference it makes and I love them for it to pieces. So thank you to everyone who bought tickets. Really appreciate it. Well, we also had a couple surprise guests that I wasn't prepared for. And that was John Lieberman and Jennifer Rogers. And they came to the night to dance and have fun, and that was great. And afterwards, that was a lot of fun because of the fact that they came back to our condo so that Jono and I could work on the dance that we've been working on together. And he had a great idea. And it was a lot of fun choreographing. I couldn't stop laughing. It was hilarious. Um, To change it from a line dance to a partner pattern dance. And so we have created a partner pattern dance. And I'm very excited for when it's going to be able to be released. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do a demo. Should be interesting. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. And it was just nice to catch up with them. It was very mellow and naturally, apparently, unbeknownst to me at least, I don't know about you, naturally, uh, we stayed up till, well, I stayed up till 5.30 in the morning just talking with them and I finally realized I had a 9.45 a.m. teach the next morning and I was getting tired and as much as I wanted to stay and talk with them longer, I needed to go to bed. So I excused myself. I said my goodbyes. I know you stayed up with them a little bit longer, but I think it was more of the, the wrapping up final goodbyes kind of thing. Um, and I went to bed and then I proceeded to sleep and get up for the next day, which the 9 a.m. teach from 935 was Michael Barr to Love Somebody, and that was his new dance with Raymond Sarlemagne. Then I, which I have been looking forward to teaching this for about two weeks now, 9.45 to 10.25 was Mac the Knife by Rachel McEnany White. 
I just love the idea of bringing back classics. And so I was really, really excited to bring back a classic. I was really excited to bring a, well, I think it's technically improver level, but like a beginner improver level classic to people as well as I like the fact that it's a different style music. It's not country and it's not pop. So going back with the, I think it's a Brian Setzer orchestra cover of Mac the Knife version. So I was really excited about that. Afterwards at 10.35 to 11.15, Joe taught Madison Glover's Homesick Heart. And then 11.25 to 12, Christopher taught his dance, Back in Your Heart. 1.15 to 1.55, Anna Maria taught Rob Fowler's Oh Me, Oh Mayo. 2.05 to 2.40, Martha taught Star Ring Waltz. 2.50 to 3.25, Joe taught Make It Sweet. And to finish off the, the teaches of the weekend, at 3.35 to 4.15, Michelle taught All I Am Is You, which I believe is Julia Wetzel. So it was kind of nice to having all the different styles of music on this day and pretty much rotating them throughout the day. It was really nice because um, I got to demo a lot of them because I knew them and I love them to pieces. So that was fun for me. Uh, Starring Waltz. I highly recommend that as a waltz for beginner to improver level. I think there's enough in it to keep people interested and enough that it's not overwhelming. And it's just really pretty. So I highly recommend that one. I enjoyed All I Am Is You. I think that was the first time I had seen it or danced it. And I can see why that uh, level version is as popular as it is. Uh, Back in Your Heart was a pretty standard lesson for me, I'd say. I used the entire time. I thought that maybe I would get through it so quickly and end up with like um, extra time that I would teach another dance. But I also didn't know that the time slots were a little bit shorter, being lower difficulty or lower level, whatever you'd call them, uh, dances. So I just kind of went through that one in the way that I've taught it before, and it went smoothly. It was about what it, you know I'd expect for that particular dance. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, we were able to meet up later in the evening with Martha and her group of dancers from Japan. And we had just a, night, a nice closing dinner thank you with a small group of people. We had a couple games that they brought over from Japan, which was kind of fun to, to see. And um, Rhonda, bless her heart, uh, made us all some pasta. So that was really, really good. Um, and then we were lucky enough afterwards to sit down with Martha and do an interview. Um, so you guys can look forward to that interview and it's definitely fun to get to meet people from not only just all over the United States, but in this case, all over the world. So I was really excited for that. We ended up staying up a little bit later than I think any of us wanted to, but that's okay because that's what happens when you're talking with friends. We uh, ended up uh, bringing her back to the hotel. Then we went back to the condo, um, we woke up the next morning, packed up our stuff, hit the road, and somewhere on the journey of the road, we discovered a fun new line dance game, and I will let Chris tell you all about that. Yeah, it was tricky as the driver to stay uh, fully aware and engaged on the road when, oh my goodness, I-5 just rolls on. Um, that, that part wasn't too bad. I mean, for me, traffic is the most uh, difficult part because you have to be aware of everyone coming in and out of your lane. But with five, it's just on less sleep than you'd like. How do I not get hypnotized off the road? And what we came up with was pulling up step sheets. That was Megan on the phone, uh, pulling up step sheets and, finding dances that both of us knew that she could then describe starting from any eight count in the dance from a one or if it's an eight and one then you know maybe I would get the bonus eight and but mostly just from one and she didn't she wasn't like strategic about it. she would just say oh let's do it from this eight count if it were for the opening it would be too easy we know how so many dances open that we put extra focus on it but when you start from count what like 57 in a 64 count dance or something like that's difficult <laughs> that that might not be as distinctive as you would hope it would be and there might be only a tiny little hint 
like a two count thing that happens only in that dance that uh, tells you it's that dance. And I would start with maybe two counts, one or two counts, just, you know, maybe it's rock recover and like, okay, I need more than that. And then trying to go in the smallest increments possible, I would just add on a count or two until I could guess it. And I did better on some than others. And it, what really, what it really told me was that making your dance distinctive and having movements in it that are not in a whole bunch of other dances will make it more memorable overall. So that's something that I will be focusing on the next time that I put something together that's maybe improver level or higher. Yeah. So one of the things that I did was when he says like, oh, I'm just going to start from this eight count. Like I didn't tell him which eight count I was starting from. I just said, okay, this, how about this one? The most clues I would give him up front is this eight count does not have syncopation or this eight count does have syncopation. So counts one, two are, and then I'd break down how they broke it down word for word on the step sheet. And there was one or two that I was like, okay, I'm going to give you the hint that they gave me. Bless your heart, Rachel, on how you write step sheets. Because sometimes that's going to emphasize something that might be distinctive on how he remembers dancing it. One of the things that we have recently learned with doing this is we don't necessarily dance a few of these dances that we know 100% correctly either. Some of them we've learned from watching in the bars. And as anybody who has learned from watching in the bars that then has gone back and reread the step sheet, learns that you don't always do the dance 100% correctly. So that was an interesting uh, realization. So it was a lot of fun. I would not have wanted to be in in his shoes guessing the dance because I am certainly not that good. I'm not good at not only just storing that kind of data, but recalling it the way you are. But I had a lot of fun picking the dances and reading them and watching how your little hamster ran and put the dance together. Two weird things I noticed were, one, you can know that you've done that dance before. And you can even know something's coming next. I feel like it's hip bumps. But you don't know why you know that. And you don't hear the music. You just know that that's coming for some reason. Now, if I had been able to do that on my feet, this is the other thing, was that if I had done that on my feet, I'm sure my muscle memory would have told me, oh, hop, hop, this is, oh, this is definitely blah. But when you are sitting and you cannot move, because if you hop, hop while you're driving, you hit the brakes or the gas. Um, I don't have a clutch. And you, you have nothing besides your brain and your imagination to guide you, it's a, it's a lot more difficult. Also, wall changes, doing a quarter, a half, and then a quarter, and then something else, that can be frustrating. So I will also try to make my wall changes a little less uh, crazy looking forward into future dances. Um, there were a few notes that I, I had written here that I just want to throw in super quickly. We finally got to do American Pop with uh, Michael and Michelle. We learned it real quick from Joe the same night that you were learning Electric Church or are dancing it with her uh, on Thursday. Uh, we wanted to do that for the open um, Introducing the Instructors night. We followed Go Grease Lightning. We watched it, I think, the first time and then, and then followed it the second time. And I, after last year's uh, concluding the event with Evergreen, um, I finally got to dance Evergreen at one of these Palm Spring Winter Break events. And I had learned it before but never really reviewed it. So I was like frantically going over the step sheet before the dance started and then reading the step sheet while we were dancing it. But you know what? Still counts. Um, after that, I have a note here about floor splits. Hopefully we'll talk about that more when we get into our playlists uh, in the future. But I would just like to say that it was a lot of fun coming up with floor splits. Uh, we'll go over the whole cheat sheet at a future time. And I got a lot more dancing in because either we were we were leading a floor split or we were just doing something on our own in the corner. And I think having the flexibility and the desire to dance just anything to a given piece of music will make you a happier and more active dancer because you don't have time necessarily to learn every 128 count dance. Agreed. Um, one of the few things I want to wrap up with is first and foremost, thank you to Michael and Michelle for including me specifically, but both of us in this event, as well as 
Martha and her dancers. It was an absolute treat and an absolute pleasure to have you guys join us for the weekend. And it was just so much fun to know that dance is a language for everyone. And it was just really cool to be able to share that with everyone. Well, I look forward to attending many more of these events. Uh, hopefully, you'll be around for them as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing the folks that we saw this year and uh, the two years past at uh, those future events with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know where where I think we might see them. Actually, in fact, is uh, you know in the future with with. Megan Barcelia. Yeah. And Christopher Gonzalez of Lion Dance Podcast. I imagine that we will see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.